Rostabella, welcome, man. Good to see you, brother. We're back, dude. Happy 2024. Just fill everybody in. We've been gone for a little bit. And um, what have you been doing, man? I've been having a baby. Uh, 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 my wife gave birth November 19th. Little Marcus is his name. Marcus Mar Rosario, right? Marcus Rosario de Bello. So it, it is a Ross. Yeah, yeah. So my dad's legal name is is Rosario. <clears throat> his dad, all their dads, was was named Rosario. Then for America's sake, right? America, I'm I'm just Ross. Um, so but we went, I went we went back to old school, you know, the actual where the name comes from, Marcus Rosario for his middle name. So yeah, you could call him a little Ross or, or a Ross Junior if you wanted to. Wait, wait, is your first or middle name Ross my, Rosario? My first name is Ross. Middle name Alfred. Oh, okay. And yeah. but your, is your dad's name first name Ross? Rosario. He's Rosario. Yeah. So, yeah. but you guys are both Rosarios. Yeah. It's just a whole thing. Yeah, Rosario. and, and your great grandfather's Rosario too, right? Exactly. They're all Rosarios. And Everybody's I'm, Rosario. And in the church, uh, my bat when I got baptized, I, I am Rosario. So you're Rosario, Rosario. No, Rosario Alfredo in the church. Rosario uh -huh. Alfredo, and there is no Ross in the church. Right. But I'm not on my birth certificate legally for the country. I'm Ross. Oh, I thought you were Rosario, and they just no, call you Ross. I'm I'm Ross. Yeah. Oh no shit. My dad is. Oh, I didn't Rosario. know that. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Mm -hmm. You're, I met your parents over at, at that. Uh, you had a diaper party before yeah. you had a kid, and your, your parents are fucking are cool people. Your dad's they cool, are. man. They are. I mean, yeah. my, my my girlfriend talked to your your mom more than doctors. I did. Doctor doctor girls. Yeah, yeah, right. Oh yeah, right, mm -hmm. right, right. She's a, she's a teacher at Cleveland State or no? Uh, adjunct. She doesn't have any classes this particular <clears throat> semester or quarter, but yeah, for the last like five years, she's been an adjunct. And I, and I was sitting there talking to your dad, and he was like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Ross. My dad was a Ross for all the Ross. I was like, I was like, this is getting, this is getting intense, man. I was, I was drinking beer, too, and I was like, man, I can't follow this. Yeah, shit. we were having, was it Masthead? Yeah, yeah. He, uh, they're all Rosarios, exactly. They're, they're all Rosarios. Well, well congratulations on, on the yeah. kid, man. That's awesome. Thank and you, and, so, and so we went to this, and so we went to this, oh, this is a picture of you. This is so. That's my wife's doing, man. So, it's so we went to this. This, uh, but it's nice. We went to this, your your diaper party, man. We bought a, <laughs> a Costco thing of diapers, as one does. <clears throat> and then I just got this yesterday. You, you just sent like a thank you card with your family, and it's just this yeah, it's is. It's like you know what it is. This not... is cute, man. It has a little picture of. It has a picture of you, your wife, and your baby in the middle. And the best thing that ever happened to us oh, this Jesus. year. Happy 2024 from the DeBello family. Yeah, this is, yeah. This no, is cute, what man. It, what... <laughs> Thank you. What it was was my my wife was. Is this your dog? Yes, that's, that's dog fucking baby. hilarious, man. man. I love yeah, this. He's hilarious. Um, the thing about it is, you know, my wife and I, you know, our worlds have been moving at five hundred miles an hour, and and we get all the other people's Christmas cards, and so my wife felt guilty. Hey, we had this baby on November nineteenth. We didn't send Christmas cards out. And it's like, all right, so what? People understand. <laughs> He's like, well, I want to do a card. Like, all right, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to do. <laughs> I mean, I was just sitting there like, man, I hope he's not spending money on this crap, man, just because yeah. I sent him some di damn diapers. Nah, Don't... she spent some money on it. Yeah, man, this is this is nice though, man. This is this is good, man. You yeah, have to, yeah. I mean, you have to embrace it. I mean, you have a exactly. you have a kid. I mean, some people just go, you know, nonchalant. Like that's how I'd be. I'd be nonchalant. Like we had a kid. Yeah, I had a kid, and you know, whatever. But like, I I really appreciate families that embrace the whole thing, like the family thing. Get the photos. You guys dress the same. They it's... give you updates about like how old the kid is. It's like month two, and they. I, I, we probably won't do the whole like social media thing the way a lot of people do. No, no judgment or nothing like that. But like a lot of people I know on social media will put, you know, two months, three months, and they they do the that's photo shoots and all that. Yeah, that's my brother. I probably we probably won't do that as much. But again, that that's more because our we, things were just moving so fast, and we didn't send Christmas cards out. So that's kind of my wife's version of a Christmas card, is the New Year's card. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, I, I, congratulations to you guys. Thank you. Thank and you. I, I just want to give a shout out really quick to uh, all the people who are listening to this podcast. I mean, there's the listeners, and now now that I'm running for Congress again, um, which was a really last minute decision, our, our our numbers went up dramatically. And it's not because we have more fans or more people listening to the show. We still do this because we just want to hang out and have an excuse to get out of the house every week. And talk about shit, but uh, uh, guarantee it's Apple Research from from the my my opponents. There's the Republican opponent, and his team is probably listening to this. So shout out to y'all because you're listening to this right now. So just you know, hope you're making those good clips. Uh, shout out to my Democratic primary opponent uh, who's listening to this too. Shout out to him and and yeah, and then shout out to uh, um, you know all the probably other. Either the uh, the ODP who's wondering if they're going to endorse me and see what kind of stupid shit I say. See, here's the thing about podcasting. Oh, they better endorse you. <clears throat> so here's the thing about podcasting, and here's one thing that I've I've come to 
terms with. And this is why we're going to continue to have this and continue. Uh, some, like the, the first thing we, we were talking about like back in the day is like, oh, if you're running for office, do you really want to put all this stuff out there and blah, blah, blah. But, man, I've been literally on a podcast or doing something like this for the past, what is it, seven, eight years? You're and ahead like, of your time. And it's like, it's like if you can, all you do have to do is just go back and listen to all my stuff. You're going to find stuff. Oh, and I, gotta, I have to own it. I have to defend it. I have to do whatever you find. I'm, it's like there's nothing I can do. I can't curate my uh, eight years of being on podcasts or talking about stuff. It's impossible. So whoever's listening, just, you know, go for it. That's it's, me poking the bear right there. You Not, should. I'm going <laughs> <and, and> <laughs> to regret run. it, too. They're going to come up no, like, oh, no, I'm no. like, oh, damn. And, and, and you should <laughs> run, and people should be more open. Like, you know, what we don't have, what we don't have is honest kind of discussions from our candidates. We have kind of staged, percent. we have staged debates. And, uh, you know, if you watch the show, The Boys, we have image maintenance. <clears throat> we have, you know, uh, these uh, facades of, of candidates and narratives and, you know, Biden ro- rides the bus, the ro- rode the train, all the DeSantis is from West Virginia and Ohio and P- Pittsburgh and all that. And, it, and it's all these um, these made up stories or narratives, if you will. And you got to trust, you know, what you read in the New York Times or NBC or things like this. And then you can watch, I think it's on our list, you can watch Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis debate. They, I did a bunch of debates. They only ask you certain questions. You're only certain uh, 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 certain amount of time to talk very short and you're kind of cognizant i i'm guilty of this you're kind of cognizant of i don't want to say the wrong thing well we need people to every now and then most of the time we say the right thing i I would say over above 90 percent of the time we're coming from the right place well let me let me me pause there and say like it's not about right or wrong let's just take the right and wrong out of there it's like that's where honest discussion comes from it's like I have this idea. What about, and this is why companies, in my opinion, like some kind of great, if you're great companies, you're trying to have creative processes, you start throwing things out there. Like, hey, and if people start judging you and saying that this is right or wrong, you're not getting to real solutions. And so throw ideas out there, come back with a, you know, an intellectual or, um, you know, um, you know, at least intellectually honest response that isn't trying to cut you down or, or, or clip something for social media. And then we can start building off that idea. It's like, hey, you know what? You might have a dumb idea. Oh, a wrong idea. And right. it's like, it's not right or wrong, but yeah, it could be a dumb idea for 100%. Yeah, you can, every, we can improve everything we do. Everything we do now 100%. could be improved upon. And so, you know, you, you, you're exactly right. You do the um, mar- marketplace of ideas, you brainstorm, and you throw out stuff like, uh, you know what, in hindsight, that's stupid. We could do it better than that. Yeah. Things like that. 100%. And so um, we need more honest discussions from candidates instead of the way we do it now. We have a staged, managed process and so uh i think people will uh, just the fact of uh, of that you know you're willing to put yourself out there i think at this point is a huge positive with people on both sides of the aisle, like regular people voters of, of both sides of the aisle what do you think about the uh uh DeSantis, um Haley debate because honestly i didn't watch it because i think it's just you know jv and i was like yeah. i'm not watching the JV i watched show. about 45 minutes of it um <laughs> you know it, it's sad it was iowa by the way we're, we're focused on iowa it's just those two even though i think christy and vivek have not well christy christy dropped no oh, christy dropped and, okay. and, and vivek he's he's still in and but i don't he's in iowa right they, they say he's polling bad but i just don't see him polling bad well i think they're all pulling bad compared to trump now compared to one another that's a good question. I don't right. know. They're trying. To I was just s- saying that there's media manipulation. Uh, he, yes, it, it, yes. It, it seems like there's just too much. He's just too possible, popular, and he's having a lot of you know people showing up to his town halls and stuff like that to say, oh, he's only pulling at six percent. Right. Like, I think that's well. I, I don't I, know. I, that was very similar about Andrew Yang. It seemed like he was very popular, but then he didn't really <clears> do very well on the uh, in the caucuses and the and the elections. That's a good point. But, that's a very good point. But. Um, Either way, back to to the debate. I mean, it was more of the same. It was it was very spiteful. It was very hateful. It was Nikki Haley just continued to repeat. Go to DeSantisLies.com. Just oh, she must have said DeSantis-lies.com. it. DeSantisLies.com. DeSantisLies.com. Uh. Like a, a thousand times, and and they just kept that. calling each other liars. And um, you know, they <clears> talked <throat> a little bit about abortion. DeSantis talked about it. We need to do term limits. We, they shouldn't be trading stocks. Stuff that you and me harp on. Um, but it was just, uh, two people who seemed unhappy. They seemed, um, not like leaders. 
you know, not uh, only leaders for their bases, if you will, you know, the audiences that they're trying to speak to. Um, and yeah, they, ah, they just seemed horrible. And we've did this, but we were still doing this podcast when the other Republican debates were on. It was more of the same. It was right. not, except there was eight back then. Now there's only two. Right. And it was uh, them trying to hold each other accountable from saying different things or South Carolina does this, Florida does that. Uh, it was just very negative, very, um, yeah, they both took some shots at Trump, obviously, but uh, very unimpressive. These are not leaders. These are not leaders in this time for what we need. So, I, I, I mean, I can't see Trump not winning that the, the Iowa um, primary and then going straight into, is it New Hampshire next? I think so, but I'm not sure. Though. Um, I should be paying attention yeah. a little closer, but I'm not. But, yeah, we're coming up on it. We got to get our we got to get our heads back. And get my I've been <laughs> a little disclosure. I ain't been watching all that much politics. Like, <clears throat> but you know, you know, I've I have been paying attention to issues, and I think that that's a, I I think that that is probably the better thing to do. And I've been haven't been watching the news or been on Twitter and trying to figure this oh, out. And man, I haven't been watching mentally healthy. You must be getting more and more mentally healthy. <laughs> well, it, well, it's that. It's just I really don't I don't care about these debates because I don't. So one thing I've decided with this um, this campaign, first of all, I doubt my Republican opponent is gonna is gonna debate. He didn't want to debate last time. He didn't want to meet up for like uh, you know town halls. So he's probably not gonna show up. But what I what I did decide for my myself in the campaign is that um, I'm not gonna do debates myself. I will do long forms. And like so this. If, yeah. So so if, if if the whoever the opponent is, if the opponent wants to sit down, um, no, nah, if, if Max wants to sit down. And have a discussion uh, on like a podcast or on a TV show without time limits, but we can sit there and talk to each other and say, "Hey, you know what? This, this, and this," and we can go back and forth without this like zinger of like you know, uh, you know, spotlight of let's get the zingers in. The and, way we do it, thirty seconds. Like I, I'm not going to do that. So yeah. it, it, because it doesn't create a connection between us and the audience or us and the issues or share ideas. And so if we could, if we could find somebody that would moderate it. Uh, that was neutral, bipartisan, or multiple people, and and we sit down in like a cozy room with some coffees and just talked. Then I then that, I would do that, but I wouldn't do anything else. I because think it's that's just, utopia. It's silly. I don't think that'll ever happen. Well, but that, that's how uh, with these incumbents and and with uh, establishment of course not. people. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. But that's what we're we're seeing more and more of right now is these long forms. And I think that's where people are getting traction and starting to know their candidates a little bit better than they usually do. Like, well, I think that's what RFK and Vivek tried to do, right? They're like, hey, we're having the Twitter spaces. We're having the all-in podcasts. We're going on Democracy Now! You know, and it was more long form with those two in particular that I would name. I'm sure the others <laughs> did it. But when, when RFK and Vivek came out, they was doing a lot of long form. I'm sure they're trying to get them, their names out there. They're trying to get get out there. Right. You know. So and again, the the debates, the traditional debates, are just. Uh, I mean, I, there's no words for how ridiculous those are and how not gen, not serious, not genuine, uh, all that stuff. So you need long form. You need people to see where they agree with you, where they disagree with you. How kind of willing to learn the candidate is, how much the candidate really identifies with the regular public, because I think so many of these candidates just do not. Um, I think you do. I think that's one of the things you got going for yourself. Um, yeah, I was telling my wife that that debate seemed like dystopia. Like when you talk about The Handmaid's Tale or, you know, The Boys or something or Hunger Games, it seemed like dystopia. Me personally, when I ran for mayor, the, the other six candidates was actually really well-intentioned and really good faith. Mm. You know, because we were like seven, what you would call Democrats, and a lot of us kind of knew each other from the scene from all these years or whatever. Like, I was a fan of Dennis Kucinich's, you know, uh, of just when I was younger, right. right? And so it was like, man, nice to meet you. Like, thanks for, you know, this or that progressive thing that you fought for 20 years ago, you know, right. something like that. And so the seven of us didn't, we really didn't have the whole... I'm establishment Republican, I'm a Trump Republican, I'm, you know, it was, we were cultivating kind of a, what do you think about this? Oh, yeah, that was behind the scenes. A lot of that wasn't even in public. It was just like, like, Bashir, I think I can say this, Bashir Jones, like, he took me to dinner. And he's like, like, wh why are you, like, what's driving you? Like, what do you, like, we talk shit out. Like, can you fix things from inside the system? Can you not? You know what I mean? Like, right. it was, it was genuine, like, seven people that, 
wanted Cleveland to do better than worse. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So that was cool. But I don't think on the national stage, the big money stage, the big platform stage, I, I just haven't seen that. I don't, I don't believe it exists. I don't even believe it exists anymore. Hmm. You know, hmm. so but I, I think if people know that you're willing to do that long form, that's a huge check mark on your behalf. I mean, I think I think personally, that's I, I value that yeah. because you get to sit down and know people, candidates, ideas in a, in a different fashion, and then you can sit there and stew on them and think about them and whatever. But the the the, the risk that you have with long form is you open yourself up to you know criticism of you know, um, wishy-washy ideas or the ability to change your ideas or um, to say you don't know and explore different ideas. It makes you vulnerable, but in two different ways. It makes you vulnerable to say, hey, this is what we're trying to figure out, us together, Americans, whatever constituents you're talking about. But also it makes you vulnerable for attacks for people who don't want to do that process. It says, okay, let's clip it here, and then that's it. Boom. Oh, and, my God. That's and, so dirty. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not even, and yeah, it's, it's not even just that. It's just that that's kind of like how the media gets, you know, consumed now. It's like, so, I mean, look, look at, like, the debates. I mean, the debates for the Republican debates were just great fodder for snipping, you know, Snips, the, yep. the vague saying some trash about Haley, and Haley saying, take your my daughter's name out your mouth, which was absolutely cringy, by the way, but... Um, and, no, and it's, that. it's it all just... snippet madness, and and um, there's no nuance of a real issue that matters to the American people. It's all kind of nastiness. It's all like, why you, you take a, a bad moment from what DeSantis says or Biden? You know, I mean, how many clips do we see of Biden kind of saying that misspeaking? It's ridiculous, you know. But it's that's all you get is snippets that are going to then be pushed to the people, showing kind of. If you and I don't mean it this way, but showing how stupid you are or incapable you are, you know, because you did a bad boo boo, you know, or, or you weren't on your best, you know, you weren't at your best in that very moment, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's tough. It, it's really hard. Um, hard. And you see, it's, it's speaking of something, something's got to get called out, though. I mean, like if you're having yeah. an honest international intellectual conversation or trying, you know, your best to you know get to the issues or down to the core of say certain problems, and yeah, you know, just please have, have some have some. Uh, well, know. I think yeah, you're exactly right, and like you're going to knock your opponent, right? And let's say uh, I don't want to speak for you or something like that, but me personally, right? If I was going against. Uh, Max Miller or Sherrod Brown, right, or a Democrat that maybe I voted for. I say, well, you don't put up a fight for this Pentagon budget. You know what I mean? You, you we, you're spending my my tax dollars not on the citizens of Hawaii, not on the citizens of East Palestine. You may come out with a fancy headline like I'm here for to make sure Norfolk Southern is held accountable or something like that. But what happened happened. You've been in charge for. I know Max Miller's a little bit newer, but. You know, the Pentagon budget, none of you, the stock trading, none of you people are, you know, fighting for changes. So you have to knock your opponents, but not like what you're talking about with this, hey, I've taken something that you've said that you said for four, a four second clip of something that you said and pushed it out to people like, look at this dumb fuck or something like that. Or look at how little he knows about this issue because you snipped four seconds of a sentence. You know, that's... That's just ridiculous. Where else do we want to go with this conversation, man? You want to talk about Trump off the ballots? You put yeah, that I list? think it's very important. I mean, I, I'm. Um, I, it's not even just Trump. You know, it's like Marianne Williamson, uh, Biden's other opponents, a guy's named Dean something or other. I, you're not even allowed to know his name. You're not even allowed to know his <laughs> name. And so that's the point of it. So it's like Trump in, uh, what are we talking about? Colorado, Maine, um, I'm not sure what other states, but, uh, you know, there are these challenges, these judicial challenges, um, secretary, secretary of State challenges to get this guy off the ballot. And the Democrats, right, um, are they even holding a primary in New Hampshire? And so you're starting to see democracy get perverted, right? Um, let's just have all these elections, let's give everybody a fair shot, and... Uh, uh, I don't like it. I'm not. Uh, I'm not a Trump fan, right? Nobody's here to pin on me, right? A snippet that Ross DeBello is defending Donald Trump. I'm not trying to defend anybody in particular. I'm trying to defend our election process 
that we've had for a long time. And, you know, or George Orwell teach you, you can charge anybody with a crime. You can say, I can tell you Joe Biden's committed crimes. Joe Biden can tell you Donald Trump's committed crimes. It's easy to accuse people of crimes and blah, 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 blah. It, the American people want to have their vote. Don't take it away from us. So that's what I'll say about that. So I'm, I thought they changed New Hampshire's primary to be the second, the one um, in the Democratic process. It I says, thought they said they're not going to have one. No. No, I mean, I think they are because we still have Phil, uh, Dean Phillips and uh, uh, Williamson on the... Dean Phillips, that's the guy's name. Yeah, okay. on, on, the, on the ballot. Um, I think Biden is a write-in now for New Hampshire um, because I, I think... Because, I, you know what, honestly, I haven't been paying attention to that. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't think it's settled. I thought, I thought I South, South Carolina's coming first now. They tried to do that for months, if not a year. They tried to change so South Carolina, and, and that was... Um, so wait, that didn't go through? That's the thing, I don't know. I've huh, been, I've interesting. Been, I've been having a baby. And we gotta get this stuff. We gotta get this stuff figured out, right? But but I, I think regardless of whether South Carolina, what's after Iowa, right, and, or South Carolina end up getting moved to first, again, the people Biden's uh, approval ratings are are very very low. He's very very old. There are people that do want to give protest votes, whether it's for Marianne Williamson or Dean Phillips, you know, whether Cornell West or RFK were Democrats. I think they're, you know, they're both independents now, but there are citizens that want to vote against the establishment. And, and frankly, there, you know, there are a lot of people that don't align with either party. They voted against Trump because Trump had his four years. They wanted him out. There are people that want to vote against Biden right now, you know, and so people should have that opportunity. That, that's democracy. One, you know, if you, if you agree with that old cliche, one person wants to vote, which I think you and I both have some problems with, but, um, I'm not quite sure of the order, not quite sure who's on what ballots and offs. I'm sure we'll get that ironed out in these next couple weeks. So, I mean, so I'm looking at the list. It's on uh, our good friend Wikipedia, and it oh, looks like it seems like everybody, it's it's telling every, who's going to be on the ballots. Oh, yeah, what do they got, check marks and X's? And it's check marks and okay. X's. So, I mean, for example, uh, Biden is not on, Biden's a red in, in New Hampshire, and then he's on every other ballot going through Um Phillips is on every state going through besides Nevada, North Carolina, Tennessee, and Florida. And Williamson is missing a couple as well. I think she's missing uh, Alabama, Maine, North Carolina, Tennessee, and Florida. And, and see, that may be those campaigns' faults and the, their so problems. that's interesting. So that's interesting. So uh, so there's this whole big news about Florida, and they're like, well, uh, they're the, the Democratic Party in Florida is is restricting only Biden to be on the ballot and they, they're, they're not putting Phillips and Williamson on. And so I, I have a, a friend in Florida. Uh, she worked in my campaign last time and she's head of the Young Dems over there, over down in Florida. I think to the statewide. But anyway, long story short is I was like, I was like, hey, what, what's going on here? You know, let me know. And she's like, well, you know, as much as I hate to, I want to harp on Florida for being Florida. Uh, this is one time that it was the candidate's fault because yeah. what happens is is the candidates apparently has to send a delegate to Florida in order them to be considered for the primary ballot, and Biden had a delegate down there, and then Williamson and Phillips did not, and so just by I guess the, the Democratic Party um, uh, charter, you, you can't be. Yeah, put there on are primary rules ballot. that must be followed. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I, no matter how arbitrary they are, yeah. they are the rules, and they didn't do that part. So yeah, she, you, she, you, she defended them, which I know she didn't want to, but she defended them. I don't know if you have did your signature part yet, but you're probably on the ballot and did your signatures, right? Uh -huh. There's a guy in Cleveland, like Terrence Upchurch, didn't yeah. even get the signatures. You know what I mean? Like, No, he got the signatures. They, he got 50 signatures. What happened? I think he got 52 signatures. Not and, valid, though. And then only 40-something were valid. Yeah. And then because... The lines changed again, and some of the people who signed it before oh. were in his old district. Oh, I didn't know that. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, okay. So, so again, it's something. I think he was dealing with the family issue too, but he wasn't really, he wasn't really clued in on where the districts changed because they did change a little, and so some of the people who signed his petition were actually in his old district, and yeah, and, and so now he's a writing candidate, but it's like, yeah, it, that's it, pretty weak, and, and it's like in <clears throat> Trump, Trump in. I was speaking about what we saw in the news about Colorado and Maine, but there's even rumors that Trump's team failed in one of the states to get him on one of the states. I can't remember what state it is. I'm not oh, really? trying. Yeah. Hmm. So the candidates have a lot that they need to do and their teams need to do 
to get on these 50 state primary well, ballots. Well, I mean, because all these 50 states, they have different different right. rules and regulations. Including Biden in New Hampshire, you know. <clears throat> they all have different rules and regulations. Yeah. Some of it is just like, hey, you just sign up and go for it, grab some signatures. Some of it's like, hey, just fill out this form. Some of it's like, fill out this form, get all these signatures and pay a fuck ton of money. Right. You know, so it's like, you really got to... You just, you need a you need lawyers. Yeah, you, you need you, a full time team just yeah, yeah, working yeah. on that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and that takes that takes a lot of time and money. Right, right. Or somebody that's just clued in. I mean, here it's just trying to figure it out too. Is it's kind of a just for one race. It's, yeah, it's not it's not easy. I mean, and you, you're 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 the champ. You got what three thousand signatures? <laughs> well, I'm the champ of getting signatures. Yeah, I love getting signatures. Yeah, yeah. We for Cleveland mayor, it's crazy to run for U.S. Congress. You only need. Are you what? out there getting signatures for Dennis Sinich? Uh, I mean, I, well, that's why I was just asking. How many do you even need? I mean, you don't even uh, for an independent run. Oh, oh, for independent, you need like over four thousand signatures for this right? race. So, so Dennis, I, as you know, he might be coming in as an independent for the congressional race. Um. You need, I think, thirty five hundred or so. But for you, for a Democrat or Republican, you don't need you don't fifty. You need fifty. <clears throat> so to run for mayor of Cleveland and to run for as an independent to run for U.S. Congress, you need three thousand plus. Yeah. So it's a huge jump. Huge difference. It's a huge difference. If you're a minor party, you only need twenty five. So I think if you're like Green or oh. something like that party, twenty five, not twenty five hundred. Twenty five signatures. Twenty five signatures. Yeah, this is so weird and arbitrary. It, it is arbitrary. So you become a established party, and then you, you get basically I don't know like a uh, easy pass. Uh, an easy pass. Yeah, good good call. Um, I don't know what parties are recognized in Ohio that are minor parties, though. I don't either. <clears throat> Maybe working families. I've been seeing more and more of the last few years, but I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm the champ of getting signatures. I love hanging out at the BMV and the liquor store and talking to my, my fellow man, you know. <laughs> love staying, but, look, hanging out at the liquor store, huh? Yeah, I love, I, that's the best spot for it. If you want, If you want to know people... If you want to talk to a lot of people in a short amount of time, the liquor store? go right in front of the liquor store. You that know? is hilarious, man. <laughs> that is hilarious. All right, so wait, we didn't tra- tackle Trump on our off ballots because he's getting kicked off not by not by you know procedural his things. own faults, right? He's getting kicked off because of the courts. Because exactly because bureaucracy so, and our and and uh, well, no, not bureaucracy. In, we're talking well, about we're, yeah. we're, no, we're talking about interpretation of things written down on paper. Did he committed a crime? He's exactly. off our so, ballot. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't call that bureaucracy. Right, I would right. call that you know judges doing ju- what judges do, well, trying to interpret the law. Yeah. Anyway, I so suppose. so what do you what do you think of the whole thing first? I think it's uh, unacceptable. I you think, think it's, it's unacceptable. I think it's unacceptable. Yeah, hmm. and I, I worked with judges. I, were, I was friends with about 48, 50 judges at the Justice Center. Judges put their pants on one leg at a time. You know. Um, what I, the hell does that mean? We're not talking. Well, that means that that means that just because the Colorado Supreme Court has four dem- four judges who tend to vote Democrat and three judges who tend to vote Republican. All of a sudden, they're going to do something different than the other forty-nine states, you know. And I just disagree with that. If if you told me if he really did do that one time, what he said he could do, I could go out in a Times Square, I could shoot somebody in the head, and I wouldn't lose any votes. Okay, you know what? You're right. You might not lose any votes, but then you would probably be con- charged of a crime, convicted of a crime, not making the not making the ballot. So what you're trying to say is. These judgments are preemptive of the conviction of the crime, and therefore they shouldn't be valid because you have to be convicted of the of the felony first, and then be thrown off the ballot. I think that's a fair. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yes. Okay. I think that's what I'm saying. I thought I don't. I, one of the biggest, in, most interesting conversations I, I I see having is from the Democrats, honestly, and it's about uh, the Democrats have rallied around this January sixth thing or. January 6th, which honestly was a big deal, so I'm not trying to discredit it, but uh, rally around January 6th and, and, and use this as political cannon, you know, ammo for, you know, the, the years already, right? years against Donald Trump. And then at the same breath, once he gets removed from ballots because of these things, everybody's saying like, oh, wait, 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 I don't know if, I don't know about that. And so... I don't understand what the results people wanted from this. It was it just being used as a political um, fundraising tool? Is it just for a political clout? Because here's the thing: it's like, oh, Donald Trump's an insurrectionist. Donald Trump is a dictator. Donald Trump is, you know, fill in the fucking blank. And then when judgments start happening, that says, hey, you know what? I don't know if he's fit for office, and I don't think he should be on these ballots because 
he, he incited an insurrection, everybody's just like, I don't know about that. Oh, maybe you should put him back on the ballot. Well, what the fuck do you want? Why the hell were we talking about this for three years if these, these results are happening because of it, and now they're not? I don't understand. I don't understand. So, it's, so, my, so my beef with this whole thing is it's like, if Democrats use this for political clout or political might or political um, ammo for the past three years, and then finally there's a result to this by saying how bad a Trump administration would be, how bad it would be if he's back in the White House, how bad he was as a president, how horrible January 6th was, and then he gets removed from the ballot. And we're saying like, oh, I don't know if we should remove him from the ballot. What the fuck did you want? Right. What did right. you want? Well, again, that's that's uh, the lack of nuance, right, between your Nancy Pelosi's, your Joe Biden's, your your share, everybody that is, like you say, pumping this pumping this he's an insurrectionist a criminal insurrect let's let's put that in there he's a criminal insurrectionist but you can't really you're not judge jury and executioner you know that's your narrative mm -hmm. that's your narrative i worked in a court mm -hmm. you know you've got to go through the grand jury go you know go through your jury trial maybe he pleads guilty before trial he wouldn't do that right but then this is not a civil case. We're not talking about did he um, sexually assault somebody that's suing him 25. That We're not even talking about that. This is did he get found guilty of a felony? Just because, again, there's a woman out there that has been claiming for 20 years <clears throat> that Joe Biden sexually assaulted her. You know what I mean? You can't just make claims because you have a platform. They mm -hmm, put you on mm -hmm. CNN right. and say he's guilty of a felony. Right. That's not how it works. Right. That's not how it works. Right. So that's, and, and I think that those <clears throat> judges in Colorado should know what I just Colorado said. Colorado and another state, right? Ma well, Maine, I think Maine. the Secretary of State made an arbitrary decision to say Trump's an insurrectionist, he's not on the ballot. At least that's the last I heard of it. So, and the other thing about it is all these things will probably get appealed to the United States Supreme Court. I think they already did. Yeah, so, you know, and they said that they'll hear it, but I, I don't know if they're they made any judgments yet. Unfortunately, for some of us, the actual judge, jury, and executioner in this country is the United States Supreme Court, and so uh, they they're never going to allow uh, one of the fifty states. This is a federal issue. I could tell you right now, this is a federal issue. You know, they're not going to let. This is not states' rights, like how we're turning abortion into states' rights situation. This is not that. Okay, so let me let me throw this back. I think. Um, Roe Ro pisses people off to this day because the Democrats had the power to, you know, codify it for so many, or at least for one two-year term when Obama was in office, right? Because there was the trifecta. Um, the, and there was with Biden, too. Was there? Yeah, but it was like Manchin and Cinema put him to 51 in the Senate. Um, uh, yeah, Biden's first term from 20, 2020 to 2022. Okay. Yeah, and, yeah. <clears throat> but they didn't have the Supreme Court. But anyway, there's a, right. I mean, I think the Supreme Court was more um, liberal-leaning when it was Obama was there. But it doesn't matter. Anyway, long story short, we had the opportunity yeah. to codify Roe um, into it. And this is I, Obama's number <clears throat> one campaign <clears throat> promise. And it didn't happen. Yeah. And then, you know, and then... The only thing that I could think is they were using it for campaign ammo again. It's just like, hey, let's use this for fundraising. Let's use this as divisive. Let's use this to get people into our camp. And, you know, obviously it was very effective, even still effective to this day, you know. Um, but, again, nobody moved on it. And so if I want to juxtapo juxtapose this with, with, with the Trump thing, it's like, again, we're, you're using this as, as campaign ammo, campaign ammo, and then nobody moves on it. So Trump gets reelected. The, he's let's just say all the slippery slope and all of the assumptions about how he's going to be as a president become true, and then everybody's like, "Well, why didn't you do that when we had the chance? Why didn't you get him off the ballots? You saw what he fucking tried to do. He tried, you, you know, blah 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 blah." And so it's like, it's like, when do you take the 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 when do you take the steps to do the thing instead of allowing it to go to a point where it's a no return, right? And so I guess that's what, what I'm saying. It's like, so it's like if the campaigns, if the Republicans and Democrats use certain issues as their, as their divis, divisive talking mm -hmm. points, as their fundraisers, and there's no action, because that's what we say, there's no action to some of these things. Like, like, oh, I could have told like, you for, example, for years the Democrats were lying about wanting to codify Roe. Well, for another thing is, is it's like um, Joe Biden, the most pro-labor president ever. Well, why the hell hasn't he uh, introduced the, the PRO Act again? Right. 
You know, and that's why my, strike breaking. Yeah, it, why, that's one of my biggest yeah. things. It's like if everybody says they're so pro labor, yeah. where's the where's the pro act? Like put that shit in there again. Right. Put that to ask Congress to 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 push it through Congress. Ask a congressman <laughs> to introduce it. Ask Nancy Pelosi or whoever the or or, or the minority leader now, Hakeem Jeffries, to, to to try to get it in there. To, like like these issues that everybody wants to talk about and use as these you know fundraising ca like campaign ammo things, you know, for so many years and yet not move, push everything through is like, well then, do something about it. Well, and this is one of those things where I say is like it's like is it right or is it wrong? I don't, I'm not going to make a judgment from the judges. Mm -hmm. It's just like, stop if you're going to talk about this for fucking three years that he was an insurrectionist, and then judgments start happening or movements to the points that you were making that says you're an insurrection. He doesn't deserve to be president. He's not fit to be president. Oh, well, we're just talking about the balance. And then everybody's like, well, I don't know about that. Well, <laughs> like, what the hell were you doing it, this it, whole time then? Again, again, it's because of, you know, or Orwellian language manipulation. I mean, two things in response to everything you just said. One, that's why Trump and Republicans are so, um, they score so many points with voters calling Democrats to do nothing Democrats. Because they have held all three chambers, the White House, the Senate, and the House, under Obama, Obama's first two years, and Biden's first two years. <clears throat> and they don't do nothing. They don't, they're not pro-labor. That's a lie. They're not anti-war. That's none of that. And so they kill, they kill with that line to do nothing Democrats when you say do something. And so that's true. And now to another point, hey, if 72 million people want to vote for this guy, Trump, a lot of those 72 million, if not all of them, independents and Republicans, and maybe some Democrats that, I don't know, just vote on age or something like that, uh, even though Trump's Biden's age, um, they, everything that Biden and Pelosi and these Democrats that speak that narrative about Trump's an insurrectionist, trust Trump be bad for the country, those people been, change your perspective. Those people have been feeling that way about Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton for a long time. People think <clears throat> a lot of those 72 million people, uh, Hillary's called them deplorables. Biden calls them ultra MAGA. I don't even, ultra MAGA something or ultra, ultra MAGA. I, it's crazy. I don't even, you know, they, those two candidates in particular have made enemies of 70 million people in this country. And they see what Biden's doing or the DNC, it might not even be Biden, right? Because a lot of people, they don't even think Biden's capable of telling you what five times seven is. But they, they see Biden doing what he's accusing Trump of doing, ruining democracy. You should come out and say, hey, come on the ballot. You know what I mean? I want him on the ballot. I want to beat him or lose to him fair and square. And so you're, it's, it's like a proactive strike. You're like, I'm, I'm doing this strike because they're gonna declare war. Well, now you're subverting democracy if we're not holding fair primaries and Trump's on the presidential ballot. You know, the 72 million people want to vote for this guy. 72 million people see the Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden establishment as unfit to run the country, insurrection, whatever you want to see it. They, they, they put those words on you. The same words you put on them as being deplorable or ultra MAGA or corrupt or this or that, they've been putting that on you. So we have a split country from the from the voting base, you know, and and one side uh, blue calls red criminal and red calls blue criminal. You know, let's call a spade a spade. There are millions of people that think that Joe Biden is ruining democracy. But uh, you know, me personally, I just think they're all they're all kind of playing the game. You know, I think they're all kind of playing the game. Well, I think that I think when you're saying that, and I was talking to my mom last night. Uh, we had. I, I talked to my mom probably one of the longest conversations we had in a while. It was like three hours. We're just kind of just hanging out and wrapping out. Me, my mom, my uh, stepdad. Uh, but she's, uh, as you know, she's a Trump Republican. Um, and we love just like getting at it. With, you know, I got a ton of them in my family as I, well. I, 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 I enjoy it. Yeah. Because it's fun. But I think what we, we, we did come to a consensus about one thing is that, you know, the, the, the voice of the people is not being heard in a certain way, right? And, and it's like the voice of the Republican Party, the voice of the Re Democratic Party. And honestly, there's like a, a Democrat and Republican populist or populism there. And I, there's a, there are issues where everybody's kind of, it seems as though the majority, no matter, who, no matter who you're talking to, can agree on. Now, I know my mom, you know, is, can harp on some of the other, you know, social issues if we're talking about abortion and so on and so forth. You know, and those are uh, definitely... Oh, January 6th is a huge divider of the people. January 6th is a huge, huge, huge divider. divider. Of, uh, and abortion as well. And, 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 and abortion. But I think there are some, you know, populist issues that, you know, 
we all agree on. The fact of the matter is, I think what we're trying to both get to here is that the voice of the people is not being heard, where changes can be made and what the voter actually wants to see uh, come out of these election processes and this rhetoric. And so, and I guess what I'm saying is like, if we have the rhetoric, we need to have a, a result. And if we have the rhetoric, then we, the, why, why bitch about the results, right? This is what we said. This is what we should be doing, right? And so I, I don't like that there's a disconnect between that. It's like, if we say that we're going to be pro, uh, pro-choice, let's codify. If we're going to be pro-labor, let's get that pro-act right, through, right? right? If we're going to say, Actions Trump, need to if match we're going to say Trump's an insurrectionist and he has, no, mm-hmm. he has no place on the ballot, then don't bitch when, we're, when, when these judges are ruling in a certain way. Right. And that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. It's like if you're going to say the rhetoric, then let's get the shit done. And don't complain if you're a, if you're a Democrat and you're you're buying into this and you're using this and you're saying it as well. And you're giving oh, and because do. of it. Those and, fundraising and, emails, they absolutely And you're giving do. to it and you're using it. Don't complain. Don't say don't say, oh, I can't believe this happened. What do you mean you didn't play? This yeah. is this is what you said. And finally, we're getting something done. So it's like I, I, I just don't I just don't. I don't understand the disconnect between actual getting shit done and the rhetoric and then. But especially with this situation, why, especially some Democrats are coming out and saying, like, I don't know why, I, I don't know if I agree Trump being look in the mirror. What you're saying, look in the mirror. Look in the mirror. That's why this is happening. I don't know. I'm, I'm saying that. It's just like, don't, don't spread the, don't, if you don't believe that Trump should be off the ballot right. and he is actually that big of a threat to our democracy and our country, why are you saying don't get him off the ballot? Yeah. And what are, what are you talking about? Yeah. And so and that so I just don't understand the You're connection. Talking about both sides of your mouth now, exactly. now that now exactly. that this is happening. Oh, let's right. wait. Let's wait for all of this. What, what do you mean? If he's really that big of a threat, then you should be happy about this. And that's what I don't get. Where are we going next, man? We can't harp on this uh, all day. I don't know. You got the list right there. I do have the yeah. list here, man. So you wrote the damn yeah. list. I know I wrote the list. You know, you can get up, man. Lazy ass and ah, on the couch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I you know, we do a lot of local here because I think what happens in Cleveland and Cuyahoga County is mirrored in Milwaukee and Kansas City and California yeah. and, and things like that. And so I think the prosecutor race and, you know, our, your local race, these local races, Dennis Kucinich being independent. But, yeah, I think... Uh, is he going to come in this race or what? I don't know. I haven't talked... You've <laughs> talked to him probably more than me. I, I don't know, you know. I have talked to him that one time. and I, <clears throat> I mean, he's really dragging his feet. He, he's he, get Dennis, Dennis is um, unapologetically anti-war. And he, that's his main issue. So whether he takes the route of, I'm going to run again, like he's been, he's sat in the U.S. House. You know, he's been mayor of Cleveland. He's, he's going to fight today. Whatever he's doing today is going to go toward that cause of, hey, peace on earth. You know, peace on earth. Uh, we got to stop funding. We got to stop funding these war machines. That's the most I can say ab- about Dennis. And so I don't know whether he's going to run or not, but I know that he won't stop fighting that fight. The way hopefully I won't either, right? I have a kid. I don't want my kid going to war. Yeah, if we have to, you know, we, we, we you would, I suppose, like my grandfather did. My grandfather was in World War II, you know, but... Um, Grandpa, Grandpa Ross? Grandpa Rosario, that's right. My dad's dad, Rosario. You guys made it easy, man, I tell you. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know whether he'll run or not. I suppose he'll probably, uh, but he's probably, you know, he's done it in his life. So he's, I'm sure he said he's he was. He said yeah. he was, and I'm still waiting. So let me see here. Was... I think that prosecutor race is important because I think it mirrors what's happening in New York, Chicago, like I said, everywhere <laughs> else. And so, um, uh, little disclosure, right? I've, I've, hung out i i don't know if you say hung out but i've been in the same spaces as the current prosecutor in cuyahoga county as michael malley michael malley the the young what's your opinion on michael malley on a personal level Mm -hmm. i like him on Mm -hmm. a personal level i like him on in a statistical level about the court of common pleas and how we do business here with the death penalty with juveniles with 34 courts Mm -hmm. tons of crime Mm -hmm. tons of felonies I don't think, you know, he's done enough to reduce crime. Enforce the laws, yes, yes. But I think that we want to move toward a world of less crime and recidivism. And when you kind of um, do criminal justice the way that we've done it in Cuyahoga County, you get more recidivism. And so, you know, he's had a couple terms. I know I know um, Matt Ahn, Matt who's a law professor, at Cleveland State, really nice young guy. He's younger than me. You know, he's younger than us. Uh, super smart, super well read. Um, I'm a term limit guy. 
I know Michael O'Malley. I know a lot of um, the lead prosecutors down at Cuyahoga County Justice Center. I, we, we could stand for a change. We could stand for a change, you know? And so, uh, but I like, I like O'Malley on a personal <clears throat> level. All the times I've been in elevators with him, I've dealt with him at Justice Center. I, I actually like him a lot. Were you a defense attorney or a prosecutor? I worked for the court. I worked for one of the 34 judges. Oh, you worked for the I was judges. a neutral. What, yeah. what, what judge? Cassandra Collier-Williams. So I think she's on the ballot with a Republican <clears throat> opponent herself. So here's, so I, I, I'm not going to make too many comments about this, about about the prosecutor race, um, because I, it's just, I'm just not going to. Um, but I will say my opinion about the prosecutor race is that I think that it is a, um, a mirror of what people want in Cleveland. Because what people want from Cleveland and what people are, I guess, frustrated with the way Cleveland is progressing or their neighborhoods or whatever is being taken out in the prosecutor race. It is the avenue for this discussion. Yes, right? yes. Um, because what you said is like, is O'Malley prosecuting crimes? He is, but then we're saying like, is he reducing crimes? Well, that's not the prosecutor's really job. It's more of like, can the mayor make economic opportunities in those places, in, in places that crime is high? Is the is there enough police presence? Uh, is the, are the police being assholes? Or are they doing walking the beat? Is there you know? There's all kinds of different things that go into into what makes a, a neighborhood nice and crime free and and prosperous and so on and so forth. There's many different things, and the prosecutor is just one piece of the whole government puzzle, right? I mean, we're, we can talk about you know the county executive, how it is, the schools, the right, the, ja the jail, the, yep. the, mm -hmm. the 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 businesses. Mm -hmm. Is there good places to eat, food, nutrition, mental health? Everything could be part right, of that, you right. know. And so, what I think is really happening is people are using the prosecutor race as the avenue or the the means to have this discussion about what is really pissing them off about their neighborhoods in Cleveland. And so this kind of talks about like the, the stadium, the jail, and the, the TIF. Right, we've downtown. got it all on the list because it's, it's all part of how you build your city. Well, I think that's this is all part of the conversation. So if you're coming from certain neighborhoods in Cleveland and certain wards in Cleveland or even East Cleveland and so on and so forth, you're, you're saying here like, okay, we have a billion dollars for a jail. You know, lifetime of that jail is going to cost like 2.2, they said. Uh, we have, you know, the Haslam saying that the stadium's sinking and we need a billion dollar renovation, right? We have this, you know, um, TIF where they're going to, you know, do, do this, you know, thing with taxes to try to build up downtown and put this hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars on the shorefront, shorefront right? And finally, you know, have a lake lakefront that we can use, which we should be using, like they do in Chicago, you know? And so... These these neighborhoods, these people, in in you know all around Cuyahoga County, especially in the east side of Cleveland and in East Cleveland, they're sitting there like, well, where the hell where the hell is the focus here on us, right? And so when Matthew, a guy like Matthew Wan comes out and starts running the campaign that he's running, and seeing the things that he's saying, it's it's basically being the proxy for this larger conversation, right? And I think that's what was the participatory budgeting was too. It was a it was the the proxy of this larger conversation. Well it's said, like, yes. It's like, hey, why aren't, and it goes back to what we said before. This about one the, thing ain't going to fix the world, but I want to change. And I want, and yeah. somebody listen to the problems mm -hmm. that we're talking about right yeah. here. Can you talk about like what we're talking, in, in my neighborhoods, look, I went down to East Cleveland uh, last week because we we're dropping off, me and my girlfriend were dropping off some, um, some uh, food to uh, an elderly patient that she has, right? She's 90, doesn't leave the house that much, but we we're dropping off a big basket of food for her. And like, like you could just see it, like just the whole that whole area where she was. One, there was like an argument in the building we we're walking in. People were smoking cigarettes in the, in the lobby and, and in the elevator and fucking weed. You know, there was just like, so there's like dudes standing on the corner like doing shady shit. You just know it was just not like a, a nice. It, then you know the whole area. I looked at there was three stores. All like two of them were liquor stores. One was like some kind of like pawn shop. Uh, within a, the, the mile road stretch, there was no businesses. There was no everything was shut down, and it's like that. Like people are looking at their neighborhoods. Disinvestment. It's just just total disinvestment, total lack of care of what's happening there. You know, so it's like, it's like people are just looking at it like, but I still have to live here. I still have to pay my taxes. I, but right. like, where is the care for this area? You know, you know. So, but and, and, and it's not like there's like there's a 19 year old woman there. Yeah, like that wants her neighborhood. You know, it's like, but mm -hmm. where, where, where are you doing this? But you're trying to talk about a billion dollars over on the on the lakefront, or a billion dollars for the the Haslam's, a billion dollars for the jail. And so, like I said, this is all a proxy of this conversation. Issue thirty eight was a proxy for a larger conversation. This product secure race is the proxy of la a larger conversation. And honestly, if the politicians don't understand that, 
they don't understand that what these issues are talking about is this larger conversation of how to fix Cleveland as a whole, not just as a fancy as downtown and living on the living in the nine or whatever it is, you know. Well, um, uh, I think the politicians do understand it, and a perfect example of that, in my opinion, is this Ronan not allowing the people to vote on a tax because they understand that people mm. are not going to vote for a, a quarter tax for 40 more years or 60 more years to build a jail for more uh, poorly managed recidivism, you know, mm. and, which is going to mm. lead to more crime mm. and, and more loved ones getting shot and locked up and, you know, uh, crimes of, of poverty and, and things like that. So, so the socio socioeconomic balance of where are my taxes going? Why am I going to? And so that's why he campaigned on saying, hey, you people that are pissed off with this, you should have a say in how your tax dollars are spent. Get elected. I know how they're going to vote. I know how they're going to vote. They're not happy with the way things are going. Right. I can get around that vote. I can get around and I can extend this sales tax. You know, and so uh, I think politicians understand it. I, I, and I think they're the ones doing it. You know, I think mm. they've done it. They've they've done it. They've built this place the way it's built. Yeah, yeah. I th I, I think that ah man, that's that's a really good point. That's a really good point. I really don't have anything to say about that. But I, I think I think the prosecutor race is just a bigger. Just I, I I you and just like what you said on issue thirty eight, issue twenty four before that, which passed easily, uh, police accountability. Mm -hmm. These are all. You're exactly right. P at any given point, this is Brexit. <laughs> There are people that probably voted for Brexit that didn't really want to leave the e, you know, EU or something, but they want to make it known. These are Trump voters. They want to make it known, I want change. I, I wouldn't bet my kid's life mm. that Trump's going to bring change, but I want change. And I want it known that I want change. You know, And right. so I think everything, even the bigger I, I stuff. The, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to snap back on a word because, I, because change is overused. I, say, I think that I want positive results for my community is what we want to say better. Sure, sure. Because change could be all kinds of things, and I think it's overused. Right, politics. you could change for the worse. We've been, you could argue we've been getting change every, every election cycle, right. change for the worse. Right. So, I mean, positive results for certain neighborhoods yeah. or, or, or neighborhoods in general. Um, in, in Cleveland, Cleveland's GDP, population, so so People forth. in Cleveland are very fed up. Exactly. They want positivity <clears throat> coming from their tax dollars, coming from the work from their servants, their judges, their prosecutors, right. their mayor. They, people want positive results. You're exactly right. That's well and, so if I was if I was advising O'Malley on this race, you know, at this point, you know, since he did not get the county party endorsement, I mean, he just barely lost it. Right. But the fact is, he did lose it. Um, and didn't lose it. It, it is, is an unendorsed race. I would say, like, really start thinking about how to, how to talk about these issues. I mean, I don't think that people want to be weak on crime. People want to let, you know, hard, hardened criminals or, you know, egregious, you know, infractions of the law off, you know, without, without punishment or some of the slaps on the wrist. I don't think anybody does wants that. But again, this is, a, this is a proxy conversation. So how could you message and how could you show up in a different way that says, you know what, I hear you from the prosecutor's office and this is what the steps we can do. And an additional thing that we can do is I can talk to these other people that are, that are around me all the time, the mayor's office, the chief of police, the uh, Department of Human Services, the, you know, the Chris Ronane in, in Mental the health. All these people, and I can, as a prosecutor, talk about what we can work on together, and and I think that would be a great way to you know say I hear you, you know, to be perfectly honest. But I don't see I don't see anybody addressing the reasons for this prosecutor's race. I just see people addressing the politics of it. Well, and and again, it, this is why I, I you know I say it's important to talk about this local stuff because it mirrors what's happening in New York and 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 LA and Chicago and Missouri and all these other places and prosecutors are getting upended by some big money challengers throughout the country and a lot of them put they put that label on progressive you know and things like that but 
but then nothing seems to change when the new progressive gets in there. And so, um, well, because okay, well, I want to I want to push that back because one question, one kind of conversation I've been having a lot about a lot about the prosecutor races is the actual responsibilities of the prosecutor. Like, so so I again, would like to talk about that. Huh? I would like to talk talk about that because because me and me and my wife we worked at the court for seven and a half years. I worked for a law office that did a lot of criminal criminal defense before that. And and Matt on has been hitting on this stuff. For t- we bind we bind over kids at a rate higher than anywhere else. Ninety plus percent of those kids are black, mm-hmm. and so it's <clears throat> disingenuous to say, "Hey, you know, Black Lives Matter. I'm a Democrat." Blah blah blah. blah. But then your metrics your metrics are skewed there. Again, we're Cuyahoga County, right? We're all Dems. We're all Dems. Everybody here's a Dem. Well, we lead the state in death penalties. You mm. know, in death, and so. How is that progressive? How is that caring about your neighbor? How you know we know that uh, we know that death penalty certain death penalty cases come back exonerated. Like didn't he actually wasn't guilty? Here's the exonerating DNA evidence, things like that. And so um, there are things that the prosecutor is responsible, like choosing to right. Like abortion is another big issue on this, right? And I, I think that O'Malley probably does this one well. But it's like, are you going to prosecute? Uh, women for having a miscarriage. Are you going to prosecute doctors for giving a... The prosecutor does have a lot of power over right. stuff. And so um, <clears throat> people are fed up with recidivism. They they see kind of the um, the, cha- the the juvenile bindovers. That's a big issue. This juvenile <clears throat> bindovers and the huge percentage of them being black. It says, well, what are we about here? What are we about here? There is some things you're in charge of. And so, but you're right. It's a proxy for a much bigger issue. But there is a a lot of power that the prosecutor has that we could do better on. Well, okay, so let me expand on that a little bit Um, because I I think that, I think there's a frustration frustration of voters because these talking points assume voters are stupid, right? And tough on crime. We understand that tough on crime does not mean lower crime. It doesn't mean better neighborhoods, more opportunity, and so on and so forth. It just means tough on crime. So when we're talking about bindovers, right, um, I think people could look at this and go, oh, okay, crime rate's going up, this doesn't work, and then we have this dynamic, we have this two conversations happening. One, we don't want, you know, we, want, we don't want to just bind over more kids than everywhere else in the state, plus, you know. Plus all black. <laughs> plus all black, right? But then we also understand What's the what's what's the rehabilitation or the options that we don't have lead to a path of you know further infractions in, in, in you know in the future, in their future life, and so where are those steps in between? And this is the conversation that right. I think and that, that's not on the prosecutor. And but, but this is on the voters' mind, right? So they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, we don't want. So th- and that's why this is so tricky. It's like okay, we don't want to bind over, but then other people are saying like, well, you just talk about bind overs, but what about the rehabilitation? What about the after school programs? What about the and I think nutrition right, is school, yeah. nutrition mm-hmm. is important. What about those opportunities? What about jobs? What about you know transportation? How this you yes, know, tran- yes, tra- yes, you know, do, do, is that person gonna st- is, is like saying like we're gonna get a build a better life by going to work, but standing out in the fucking cold for an hour and a half to wait for the RTA to come right. over? Like this well is, said, yeah. So it's like it's like. It's like, yeah, we could talk about bindovers, and this is why I think that people think voters are stupid. We don't want to be la- loose on crime, but we also need to have these other things that says, like, hey, yeah, okay, we're not going to bind over this, this kid, but can we please make sure that he has a better life and we have these avenues and, right. pro- and processes there to say, you know what, you got off lucky here. You know, you're not getting bind over. You're, you're going to get, you know, three or four years in jail. But after you get out, we have these processes to make sure that we have a great place for you to live and opportunities and so on and so forth. And that's what I think people want to have that conversation about. That's why I'm saying that this is a proxy of the whole sure. bigger issue. Sure. It's not about, it's about crime, but it's not about crime. Right. It's about, and, and, so, and so, so the prosecutor is just shooting, saying like, hey, we're going to put him in jail. <laughs> but, every, but everybody else is like, the, 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 like the families of these of these kids that maybe they did something like like this and they're like hey what about not doing that for putting him in jail for 40 years right, and we have right. other other options for this and this is maybe why we're here in the first place you know yes yes and so and so that is it's anyway we, we're, no, we're talking yeah. about the same shit 
Yeah, we are. Yes, we exactly are. But yeah, it's very important. It's 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 and it's a proxy of like everything that's going on. But everywhere at the same else. time, I don't blame somebody. The same like it's like okay, if we don't have any other place for people to go, it's like so you killed somebody, and we're buying you over as a young kid, and you're getting forty years in jail. But if say if you get five, and you're out when you're nineteen or twenty or twenty one, um, then and, what? And there's going to be a percentage of that that does recidivism. That, yeah. That, that but then but then what? So yeah, lock lock them up. Like, I mean, so it's like there's no options. So it's like you're having two of the same conversations from two different angles, but there's no, none of that middle, middle ground that actually creates, again, solutions for the neighborhoods, for people, for, you know, life. And anyway, it's, it's quite frustrating. And I understand why these conversations are having. Yes, being had. yes. Just, just like you said, just like issues 24 and 38, these discussions need to be had. Whether, anyway. whether you vote for the, the, the no on the issue, the yes on the issue, the incumbent prosecutor, the insurgent prosecutor, these discussions, just like long-form podcasts, need to be had. Not bullshit debates. Genuine discussion. Mm. Anything else we need to talk about? I think that's it, right? We, we, I, think we, I think we, we talked. Yeah, yeah we, we, we talked about the stadium. And, the, and, and hey, go Browns. Today is, today is one of the biggest days in Cleveland oh, sports. Oh, yeah. Hey, yeah, you're, you're a sports guy. Tell, tell me, man. What about, what about this Flacco guy? What about... Uh... Oh, man. This is, this is, it puts a smile on my face because, you know, not many people were excited about Deshaun Watson and his play, but they went 5-1 and one with Deshaun Watson. He got hurt. We tried a rookie backup. We tried a different backup. Uh, and then, boom, they gave Joe Flacco a call. He was on his couch, just like I'm on this couch right here. And the guy, he's won a Super Bowl. I think in his career, he's 12-5 and five in, in road playoff games. So today the Browns go on the road to Houston. Uh, we were in the playoffs a couple years ago with Baker, but this doesn't come around all that often. Today's a big day. Today is a huge day. I don't know where you're going to be watching. Yeah, I actually have a, a 60th birthday party in Akron I got to go to, but uh, they'll have a TV there. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, they'll have a TV. So there. nobody's going to give a shit about the 60 year old. They're going to give a well, shit about. I think the 60 year old himself <laughs> is a huge Browns fan. Oh, okay. okay. So, uh, but it, it's just uh, yeah. Usually I watch the comfort of my own home, you know, but. Uh, I, I think How the loud Browns will win. What did you say? How loud do you get during the game? I think it depends. Sometimes with LeBron and the Cavs in the playoffs, I, I lost my voice. I lost my voice. In your house, just screaming at the fucking yes. TV? Yes. And yes. don't, don't scare your kid, man. Yeah, well, that's... So, you know, that was that was how many years ago with LeBron? You know, six, seven years ago, the Cavs won. The, but I am a sports nut, and today is a huge day. And... Uh, uh, you know, yeah, big so, game against Houston. We're the favorites. We're favorite, even though we're the road team. So what so. do you, so what, what do you think about the whole Deshaun Watson uh, flag? I mean, look, here's 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 my quick take of it: is we should have never got Deshaun. There's way too much money. Right. There's so much drama with, with, with him, like whatever. And then this dude comes out. I he, I think this guy's really Cleveland. You know what I'm saying? He's not from Cleveland, but but it's like. He's just this family guy, just kind of humble, you know, just just a dude, right? Yep. He seems like just a dude, and like Clevelanders really attract, or like you know. Oh my God, we're uh, we're we, we uh, like Flacco that. for Flacco. This we we, we like that kind of shit. Yes. It's like nobody, I don't, I don't see any Clevelander was like, oh yeah, Deshaun Watson. We're like, oh, we'll see what the fuck he does. Let's hope he hope he does something good. But it's like this guy, we're just like, yeah, I got your back. Even if you lose, good job this, you know, whatever. He he's Better done. He's lose, done but. everything right. I mean, he's lit it up the last five <clears> weeks <throat> since he started starting. I mean, we are crushing people, and he's throwing touchdown after touchdown. To even though we're pretty depleted, but Amari Cooper, Njoku, David Njoku. It's just touchdown after touchdown. He's dicing people up, and we're up by 30 points at halftime. So then, you, you know, you kind of run the clock out after that. So today's going to be very interesting. I expect the Browns to win. The, the Houston has the rookie of the year as their quarterback, C.J. Stroud. He went to Ohio State, big C.J. Stroud fan. But he's a rookie. They're a very young team. The Browns have kind of studs all up over their def our defense. Our O-line is still beat up. We don't have Nick Chubb. But... Stefanski, Flacco, Njoku, Cooper has been enough to just dice people up these last month and a half, two months. So I think we will win today. What do you? What do you? Well, how do you feel about you know Flacco going so far with the Browns, taking the Browns so far, and then basically last week them saying like, oh, Deshaun Watson's coming back next season and he's taking the back seat again. I, I don't like that thought. I, I think you live for today. You live for today. But but, and if they don't win the Super Bowl, right? If they don't win the Super Bowl. Then they lost a game. They got eliminated. Flacco didn't do something he could have done to help them win. You know, not unless he has some five touchdown game, but they still lose like a really high scoring game with their defense. That's not going to happen. 
I think if you're telling me that he says I'm still I've still got the arm that I've got, he beat the Browns last year for the Jets, and then I think people just thought he was too old. He's like 38 or something. <clears throat> but they're, play, they're playing the statistics. I think it's just the front office going this, doing the stats, and going like, yeah. I think that assuming that this guy Flacco stays healthy, I thought Deshaun Watson looked horrible. I think that you would give him all the chance in the world to be the better quarterback. In He's the, already had in all the, the chance. Well, I'm, talk, I'm talking about going next year if Flacco says, I want to play again. Yeah. I want to keep playing again. Oh. Then they should both get the equal chance in training camp. Mm-hmm. You see who's better. Mm-hmm. You put the better quarterback out Agreed. there. Agreed. You know, but today is, you and know. they shouldn't have made any it. statement about Watson coming no, back. And they no. should have, like, that's really demoralizing. Yeah. And Flacco was playing really well. From what I read, he was just like, yeah, you know what. Way better it. than Watson played. Way better. I mean, he played better. I think he just has a better attitude yeah. on, on, the, on the game and everything. No, the reason why I said the, the stats thing is I was watching, <clears throat> I'm, a, I'm a baseball player fan so not not, not not a big uh football fan you know I, actually i like football i grew up watching football i just don't i don't i just don't watch that much but anyway um in baseball what they do is they just base they, they just want run the numbers you know yeah so, so yes. it's like they look at the stats they look at your prime time and that's why a lot of these teams are getting rid of good guys like when they do it's like oh he's 28 29 but at this point he maybe has one or two more years let's get it get rid of him now when we get the best price and even right. though he might have one or two years after it um, let's go because there's statistically speaking, he's going to fall off a fucking cliff. Yep. And sometimes they don't do that and right. they break the statistics. But statistically speaking, if you're playing the law, the, the averages, you're playing like what the percentages are, just get rid of the guy. And I think that's what happened with Flacco. They yes. just look at him and it's like, oh, I mean, he's 38 years old. I mean, there's no fucking way, right? Statistically speaking, there's no way this guy has an arm well, left or was... would have an arm left. And so the, then he's just breaking the, oh my breaking God. the models. Right, breaking the mold, breaking the mold. Right. And he, he was a hot-button, uh, highly debated quarterback his whole career in Baltimore. Like, uh, the discussion, is Joe Flacco elite, happened for 10-plus years in Baltimore. Mm. Because, you know, he's he wasn't Tom Brady or Peyton Manning, right? Even though he, his playoff record's kind of good like theirs, but Baltimore always had, just like Baltimore has now, a great full team. Baltimore's a great organization, football-wise. So, you know, he, he, he would lay eggs, he would throw interceptions because he's not shy. He takes chances with the ball, you know, kind of like Brett Brett Farvish type type uh, mentality. He mm-hmm. throws deep passes, and uh, the whole discussion happened with Joe. Fl- he was controversial while in Baltimore his whole career. So um, that's that. Uh, I don't know quarterback talk. Monday morning quarterbacking, right? It's it's a tradition unlike any other in America. We co- we complain about quarterbacks and coaches. And uh, but what you said about baseball, I think, is really relevant because you're exactly right. They will analyze, hey, when is a player's peak expectation? And if it's 28 years old, you know, they're not likely to give a 29 year old a three year contract. You know, Flacco is 38 and you think football is a young man's game, you know, so. Right. It's been very fun to watch. I'm trying to I'm trying to look up. um, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go there. But uh, anyway, I think that's enough for us today. Yeah. Talk go to Browns. Us. Go Browns. Go, go Browns. Good to see you, Ross. You too, man.